Welcome to the Andrea K Show. She's blonde, five foot two, and one hundred two pounds of dynamite in a dress. Here she is, Andrea K. Cause I'm TNT, I'm dynamite. TNT, and I will not fight. TNT, I'm a power load. TNT, watch me explode. <laughs> Tuesday. I'm always that. This is the happiest day of the week for me. Why? Because I get to share this time with you all out there. This is, of course, the Andrea K Show. Thanks for joining me here. Follow me on Twitter at Andrea K Show. I'm on Facebook. I'm on Instagram. No, I ain't done snaps, Snapchat yet. I don't know. I think I'm doing enough out there. What do you think, Paulie? Snapchat's a bit too much. Well, I think the problem with snaps too is that it, it doesn't it give away your location every time you do it. I think it does. I don't. I don't trust it. There's just yeah. so much unknown. Yeah, there's too much unknown, and we and we got and, enough. It sh- all goes to Hillary's private server too. So, <laughs> and that that's what just that's just beyond the pale to me. Well, you know, it's funny you should mention that, Polly. And by the way, thank you for being here with me because that's going to be kind of that kind of ties into what kind of the through line is for the show. You know, every time I show prep and pull articles for things that are speaking to me and really speaking to you all out there in terms of what's important to you, it seems like there's always kind of a commonality, a common thread between the stories. And what jumped out at me is um, the attempts to, I've got a long time saying, control the message and you control minds. And that's actually not my saying. I think I should probably have uh, Polly Google it to see who actually said that. But it's so true. It's why the left took over the education system and the media, because they understood that they could churn out people like Kaepernick that we're going to talk about later on in the show. They have to control. Liberalism is about control anyway. And one of the ways that they gain control over us is by controlling our minds. How do they control our minds? They control it by controlling the information that we're allowed to see. That ties into Hillary Clinton and her email schemes. And we're going to talk to, here's my guest coming up on today's show. We've got Tom DeBacaro, who's going to be with us, former senatorial candidate, author of The Divided Era, attorney, brilliant guy who's going to be here with me. He's been on the show before. I've got, for the first time on the show, I've got Joe Messina from the real side who's going to be here to talk about Kaepernick and the left. And then I've got a first time guest on the show who's going to be here as part of my consumer news you can use segment. And that's Rod Hatley. Um, Controlling the information is incredibly critical to us. They hate the fact that we've got a 24-7 news cycle now and that we're not just relying on ABC, NBC, and CBS. That's not just where we're getting our news because uh, we've got other ways that we can get information that they're trying to hide from us. A couple articles in terms of attempts to hide. Um, They've controlled the education system. I don't know how many people growing up in, in millennials today even know what Pravda is. It was the government controlled, the state run media over in the USSR. Uh, we, I, I've made jokes about uh, the left leaning media wearing their Prada and, and turning into Pravda, but that's kind of where we are. I, last week, some stories broke in the past couple of weeks um, about uh, Hillary Clinton and her health scandals her health issues. 
And it's pretty apparent to anybody that, first of all, any, anytime you get up in your 70s, you've been through 70 winters, 70 springs, 70 summers. You know, things ain't working exactly the way they should. She, This is a woman who's had you know, blood clots, um, hit her head, ha- had concussions. One of her aides contacted the NFL about her, quote, cracked head. So Drew Pinsky, who's a doctor, expresses some concerns and said that actually questioning her health is not a conspiracy and there's reason for it. This is a medical doctor. Well, what ended up happening with Dr. Drew? Just for su- suggesting that she and Trump release their full medical records, what happened to Dr. Drew? Suddenly, his HLN show was pulled from CNN, the Clinton News Network. Not a whole lot of press covered this at all, not even the conservatives. Oh, okay, you know, another guy, another guy loses his gig, you know, because he's speaking out and honestly about something, trying to get information uh, to the voters that we're, the, the whole role of the press was to do for the Americans what we couldn't do for ourselves. We're supposed to be out here busy, working, doing doing our thing every day, relying on a press to hold elected officials accountable and get us the information that we need in order to make an educated vote. But the left didn't seem to care. That kind of stuff's been going on for a long time. Facebook's been shutting us down, Twitter, all kinds of stuff. Milo got blocked. Suddenly, this liberal gets blocked. David Seaman is blocked on HuffPo for what? Linking, doing an article about questioning Hillary's health and linking to her apparently having a seizure out on the campaign trail. And suddenly, I guess, because it's happened to a liberal now, he comes out and he says, this is chilling. He said that this is happening here in America, that's simply for linking to a video that's already been out there in the internet, that I've lost my job, I'm being silenced, the articles I've written, my tweets all scrubbed from the internet, probably using the same bleach bit or whatever that Hillary Clinton's people used to hide the information from the American people that we need to make it to, to make an educated decision at the election. So I made a quip the other day and said, oh, well, what's next? They're going to sh- turn us into North Korea and, and shut off our access to the internet. They're going to have to start doing something in order to continue to control the flow of information to us to keep us stupid going into an election. And then I read, then I read that um, the internet... Uh, Here's an article out of the Wall Street Journal about the internet giveaway to the UN. Uh, Without getting into the weeds and the situation here, what's happened is uh, the institution that that controls the internet, uh, an outfit called ICANN, was given minority monopoly status um, by having an exclusive contract with the government. Because a government can have a monopoly, it can operate as a monopoly. So basically, they with their contract with the U.S. government, they were basically allowed to become an instrument of the U.S. government and operate as a monopoly, and they've been controlling it. Well, Barack Obama... Uh, has released the contract coming up at the end of September. What's ended up happening is in order for ICANN now to continue to maintain its monopoly status, what's ended up happening is they're going to need a government body to basically pick up the contract for them. Well, who's going to pick it up? The UN. And what's the UN all about? It's all about a one world government. It's all about control. It's all about denying it's an anti-American organization. And um, if you want to know, understand a little bit more about what's going to happen here, um, you know, you can go to this Wall Street Journal article. Um, they they pose the question whether or not Obama was just didn't understand 
what was going to happen with the antitrust issue and whether or not it would end up coming under control of the UN. But you and I, Mr. Mr. Brilliant constitutional lawyer, he knew exactly what was going to happen. He knew, he knew that the UN was going to end up with control over the internet. The UN wants to take our guns from us. The UN doesn't care about the US constitution, constitution and your freedom of speech. And in fact, already, according to this Wall Street Journal article, ICANN, the organization, has already uh, started to abuse its monopoly power because since Obama released the uh, contract, there's basically nobody overseeing it at this point. And so now they're running rampant. So the UN is going to have control over our internet. And then on top of it, DC Leaks has released some articles over George Soros and his, you know, he's the big bank Hank behind, behind the Marxist liberals the, who they call themselves progressive Democrats, but they are Marxist. He's the big money, big bank Hank behind it. Uh, there's emails and documents leaked by DC leaks about him and his organization wanting to control the flow of information through the internet and restrict organizations and restrict speech that are not pro open borders basically. So it is not far-fetched to say that we could end up being North Korea with little to no proper access to information coming our way. And then it even gets worse from there. Think I'm crazy? Well, then uh, an article Breitbart starts reporting that John Kerry is saying that, you know, really it's just not, the media needs to stop reporting on terrorist attacks. They needed to stop telling us what's happening around the world. What? Here's the, here's, here's the insanity behind the, the justification for it. He, the, he says the root cause of terrorism is really lack of jobs. And so, it, you know, we, we need to not put it into their minds about these terrorist attacks going on. Because when we put the terrorist attacks into their minds, they're these poor guys without jobs. That's what's causing them to instantaneously be, um, what's the word that they, that they try to radicalize? And if we just leave their minds free to go out there and find a job, if we don't show them that these terrorist attacks are out there, in other words, it's the power of suggestion, that these Islamists out there are just really just out looking for a job. It, it, and and if, if they didn't happen to see Jihadi John cutting off an, an American journalist's head, maybe they would have never had the thought. It's insane. What it is, is it's more justification to keep the American people ignorant of the truth, the truth about Hillary Clinton with the email schemes, the truth about what the, what the left's agenda is, which is to transform us into a Marxist society, the truth about the left wanting to hand over our sovereignty to the UN, the truth about radical Islam and what it's about. We're, we're going to take a quick break. We come back. We're going to talk to Tom Del Beccaro. Pick it up on the other side. He's for limited government. He's for our nation's sovereignty. He's for limited powers of the government over us. So you're going to want to stay tuned to hear what Tom has to say. Be sure to follow Andrea K on Twitter at Andrea K Show and follow her on Facebook and like her fan page at Andrea K, spelled K-A-Y-E. Want to start living better, longer? LaVita Compounding Pharmacy can help. 
Proudly improving the lives of over 10,000 patients, preparing personalized medications with the highest care, quality, and safety. Voted Union Tribune's best local pharmacy, LaVita specializes in bioidentical hormones, prescription skin care, transdermal pain creams, and more. Let us help you find the path to living better, longer. Visit us at LaVitaRx.com or call 866-507-1990. Convenient homestyle recipes and unique menu favorites. Sombrero, your place for San Diego style Mexican food. Roll tacos, California burritos, and don't forget your salsa. Sombrero Mexican food. We get it too. You're listening to the Andrea K Show on AM 1170, The Answer. to the Andrea K Show. Interesting choice of bumper songs there, Polly. Did our next guest pick that? Oh, he didn't? Okay. Interesting choice. Hey, Tom Delbacaro, welcome back to the Andrea K Show. Hey, thanks so much for having me on. We're talking some, I'm in Jonesboro, Georgia today. Uh, where is, I got family down in, in Georgia. Where is Jonesboro? Jonesboro is about 20 minutes south of, due south of Atlanta. Okay, so you're not too far. I got family down in Peachtree City, which is an awesome little uh, golfing community. What are you doing down there? Uh, I have a work thing. I'm actually working these days trying to earn a living so I can pay all the taxes so you're happy. I mean, so that Obama's happy. <laughs> I just love a patriot like you, Tom. Hey, I got to ask you before we get into it. What would be your, your favorite bumper song? So next time I have you back, we'll have it teed up. What's your favorite music? Uh, well, my favorite bumper song, would be Tom Petty's uh, I Won't Back Down. How about that? Oh, good one. Maybe you can have that teed up, Polly, to, to take him out. Okay, um, you kind of had some people nervous on my Facebook page, Tom. I got to tell you why. Because I am loving your memes, by the way, um, that you. you that you put out every day because you're absolutely brilliant. It just breaks my heart that you're not replacing Diane Feinstein. But I have a feeling that there's there's actually bigger things for you ahead. Um, but you, so. thank you. Yeah. Well, you posted a meme saying something. I'm paraphrasing here, saying that at the beginning of of countries and governments, there the argue is over ideas, and then at the end of civilization, there's fighting over their spoils. And some people are like, "Oh my gosh, that's so apocalyptic! Such a heavy topic. Are we really? Is that really where we are?" Well, you look at it, and the line is that at the beginning of governments, there's a competition for ideas. How can we make life better? What, how should government be? What are the good that we can do? And governments towards the end of civilizations, you know, I, this is what I write about. I write about the rise and fall of civilizations. At the end, government is nothing but a competition for spoils. And think about it, Andrea. What does our government do? Did our government put out $6 trillion a year? What everybody complains about Obama running up the national debt, but the last six years has been a Republican Congress. Yeah, we're and all they do, and I write about this in my book, The Divided Era. I I I talk about how it is that well, the Republicans complain, and then they go to Washington, and then they give the money to the people they want to give the money to. So. Listen, be comfortable in knowing this, and I was just talking to the Uber driver on the way over here who was asking me about it. The the reality is it took Rome 400 years to decline. The United States has nuclear weapons in two oceans. No one's going to invade us tomorrow. But the truth is, 
our government is now either through spending or the cost of regulations half of the U.S. economy. That's why growth is almost non-existent. And when you have no economic growth, think of it this way. Economic opportunity and class warfare are opposite ends of a seesaw. When one goes up, the other goes down. So when economic opportunity goes down, class warfare goes up. That's where we are today. The reason why economic opportunity is down is because government or the cost of it is half the economy. And if we want to make things better, you have to grow the private sector. Are we past the point of recovery economically with $17 trillion in debt and all these unfunded uh, entitlement programs and liabilities? There's never, civilizations never really end. I mean, we do what the Romans did. We have, a, we have senators. That's what Rome had. We had a form of government designed after them. So it's not as if America's ending, but what's happening is, is we are stagnating. We're not producing the same level of art. We're not producing the same economic opportunity and economic goods because of all these government policies. Do you see that Trump's plan? Oh, go ahead. Do you know what? Americans are working harder today, as hard today almost as any time in the last century. What does that mean? That means if we had the right economic policies, then our, our vitality could come back. So if you, when, one way to look at this election, anticipating your question, is Hillary wants to take a trillion and a half out of the private sector and put it into government. Trump wants to reduce the amount going to government in the hopes of increasing the private sector. We have to increase the amount that stays within the private sector if we want to grow the economy. In terms of this election, there are still many people who view... See, you just laid out to me a difference between the two candidates. One, which you started out by saying we have to have growth. Then you laid out a difference between the two candidates. One with an economic model without even going into details that's going to foster growth and one isn't. To me, that's telling me that you see a difference between Hillary and Trump. So what what would your message... Well, but there's so many never-Trumpers out there, Tom. It kills me. Whether you think that America is just on the decline, but it'll still around or whether you think that, hey, it's unrecoverable and a a miracle will cease to exist as we know it. Either way, to me, I can't wrap my head around anybody who would dare to say that Trump and Hillary are the same. And maybe I'll just stay at home. And if she wins, somehow, magically, these conservatives are going to rally in four years and swoop in and do, I don't know, save save America. Do you have a message for never Trump people? What do you think about that? Yeah. Imagine four years from now, what you, here's what will happen if Hillary gets elected. The Constitution will no longer be what it was originally designed to do. If we get, and I'm one of my Forbes articles is the reign of social justices. If they get a fifth liberal Supreme Court justice, then the Constitution's meaningless because they write, they approve laws based on their liberal social justice philosophy, not the Constitution. So four years from now, this is what it will look like. The Constitution will will be semi-meaningless. Internationally, terrorism will have grown because Hillary is not capable of getting the Army and the Navy and everything and the armed forces behind her in the manner in which you will like. So we'll still we'll have a more dangerous world. And there will be total stagnation in Washington, which is not the end of the world. I want Washington to go home for about two years and leave us alone. 
but there won't be any tax reform that I think will be meaningful. And so we will continue our 50-year economic slide. We, we used to have growth around 4% a year in the 50s. Now it's a r- less than 2%. And the same will occur for Europe. We're going to have the same class warfare problem. So if you like the problems of today with a Supreme Court that's against you, pick Hillary. Well, and I actually think it's going to be worse than that. I think it, I think that we can't really... What to me, if Hillary wins, what ultimately is going to end up happening? If you look at the the flood of refugees coming in and the open borders, what will end up happening? If you look at the progression too, that the electorate is is now more and more and more Democrat. Um, I think four years four years from now, the entire nation will be like California, will be forever a permanent Democrat voting block. And so, you know, to, to, I wouldn't go the whole nation. I'm here in the South. That's not going to occur. I, I, what I about? Think the, the Midwest, look, Michigan revived from its depths and has turned more Republican. I, I do think the risk of terror strikes in the, in, inside the country will go up significantly mm-hmm. uh, and, and life will be more dangerous because the last seven years, I predicted once right. four, five years ago privately to someone that all of the, this open border mentality of Obama when it comes to refugees and, and passports, uh, is going to lead to after he leads to significant problems. Um, now, my I know my boots on the ground. My family down in Georgia, they're all voting Republican. But you know that the fact that Georgia supposedly is polling to be solid, you know Hillary right now is yeah. one of the things no, that they're no, hanging their hat on. That. All right, but I got to talk about that. Hillary in the c- couple minutes I have left with you to talk about the Clinton Foundation because you are an, an attorney. And one of the yeah. things, another one of your memes that struck out at me that I thought you might might really hit at home for people to understand because this whole Clinton, they're ba- they're counting on the fact that it is complicated. It's been coming out in dribs and drabs. To the Correct. point to where, you know, people are you know getting fatigued over it. It's complicated. And you you put out a meme the other day. If these people had handed her a, a bag of cash, it would be illegal. Instead, they gave it to her in the form of a charity donation. It's a tax write off. Explain. Exactly. So if if Hillary is Secretary of State, if someone came to her and said, "Here's a hundred thousand dollars. I need a meeting. Help me do something," she would be in jail. That would be bribery. Instead, what they do is they write a check to the Clinton Foundation, they get a tax deduction, and then the Clintons are paid salary out of the Clinton Foundation. It's not dollar for dollar, but it goes to Bill Mm -hmm. and it goes to uh, Chelsea. And that's okay. That's how they get the access. Charles... Krauthammer's dead wrong when he says this is just like getting access to a politician. The difference is when you give it to a campaign, very rarely, even though it's legal for a, a, a candidate to take a salary out of his campaign, no one, almost no one ever does that. The difference is it doesn't go right into their pockets. And so this isn't that complicated, but they want to make it that complicated. Before, I want to, one more thing. The most important poll that was taken this year was the total number of Republicans that voted in the primaries versus the total number of Democrats. If that holds up, then Trump can win. You got the debate with Julian Assange. So I don't, I, this is far from over. Good. Um, so you're basic, but let me get back to this Clinton Foundation thing for a minute. So are you saying that it's legal what she's doing? That because no. she's doing it in this particular way and not taking it in a bag of cash, that this pay for play no. scheme is legal? 
No. I, it is clearly, first of all, I, one of the most popular pieces I wrote this year was the, uh, our presidency and the total loss of dignity. George Washington refused his salary right as he was becoming president and waiting for the mansion. He stayed in a temporary place. He refused the, the New York governor's offer of staying in a nice place, saying, I have to be independent and above politics. She's the very opposite. No, I think this is illegal. And if it's not illegal, then nothing's illegal when it comes to profiteering from, from office. It just takes someone with some balls to go in there, sorry for the vernacular, and say, this is what it, oh, there's no proof. Really? How the hell are we selling uranium to Russia? Why would we ever do that? Well, and arms to Bahrain. Right. Uh, Yeah, arms to Bahrain. And actually, I had Buzz Patterson on my show last week, and he talked about how this this pay-for-play goes back to the Clinton administration back, you know, under Bill. And that's how China got nukes to use against us. Then we find out yesterday this Chigori guy who couldn't even get a visa to come here because of his ties to Hezbollah and and Hamas, I think. And, you know, he goes back to 96 with the Clintons. He paid 400 grand or something. It was, you know, at at a state dinner. Exactly. So, even if this is not... Not illegal? How in the world is she even even in contention to be president? How is she getting away with this, Tom? How and why? Where's the Republican Party? Should they not be at the microphone? Should they have not already gathered on the steps of Capitol Hill and be screaming right now? Well, in large part, it's the media that lets her get away with it. I mean, how ludicrous is it that they're focused on the campaign chairman? of the Trump campaign about what happened with him and his wife, when there's all sorts of evidence, including Buzz Patterson, who I love, who, who can tell you all about Hillary throwing stuff and her violence and her anti-Semitic comments and the like. Right. Why doesn't the press follow up on that? So the answer is how they get away with it is the press. Should Republicans be doing a better job talking about it? The Trump campaign should not. Other people should do it. My advice, you know, I'm friends with Kellyanne Conway. My advice to the Trump campaign remains. You just sit there and say Hillary is the past. She's getting desperate. That's why she's attacking me. Here are my solutions. Mm-hmm. And other people should talk about uh, uh, how bad and corrupt some of these things are. If Trump came out with five initiatives between now and Election Day and saying this is what we're going to do in the first 100 days, he could win. That's why Romney lost, by the way. Romney was ahead after the first debate, and then he sat on his heels and he didn't say a word. Right. If he had pushed forward like Reagan did against Carter, he would have won. Republicans have to be more aggressive on providing solutions. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being here, Tom DeBacaro. Bring me back soon. It's been way too long. I know. you got to come back. In fact, what I want you to do is come back and talk about some of the debates because I hear today that, you know, Hillary is hiring psychologists and all these people to try to help her prep. And it's like, to me, that's a good sign because she even said she doesn't know which Donald is going to show up. So when you, when you've got your opponent, you know, that confused and that, uh, that unsure had a prep, you know, you've got a good opportunity. So I definitely want you to come back as we get closer to the debate. You're telling me she hired a psychologist. I believe you. (laughs) (laughs) Tom, thanks so much for being here. All right, I'll talk to you soon. Okay, bye-bye. All right, we're going to take a quick break. we come back, we've got first-time guest on the Andrea K. Show, Joe Messina from The Right Side, who's going to be here. We backing down. Don't go anywhere, peeps. And then coming up later, Rod Hatley's going to be here. Don't go anywhere. Andrea K. Follow her on Twitter at Andrea.
Andrea K Show and like her Facebook page at Andrea K, spelled K-A-Y-E. Convenient homestyle recipes and unique menu favorites. Sombrero, your place for San Diego-style Mexican food. Roll tacos, California burritos, and don't forget your salsa. Sombrero Get it too. Hi, my name is Colin Pokola, and I'm the owner and founder of Pokola Law. My law firm separates itself from the pack by catering exclusively to small business owners and providing them with that personal touch that they deserve. When you call me, you get me, not an associate or a secretary, just me. From incorporating your business to drafting contracts, helping you bring on a partner or two, trademarking and copywriting your work, and even litigation if it's absolutely necessary to protect your business's interests, Pokola Law can be your one-stop shop for all of your small business's legal needs. Schedule your initial consultation today and mention that you heard me on AM 1170, and I'll credit our first meeting toward any legal work we've discussed. You can reach me by phone at 844-695-1487 or at pokalalaw.com, P-O-K-A-L-A law.com. The information contained herein is for information purposes only and should not be misconstrued as legal advice on any subject matter and does not create an attorney-client relationship. For your consultation, call 844-695-1487 or visit pokalalaw.com. You're listening to The Andrea K Show on AM 1170, The Answer. Welcome back to The Andrea K Show. Glad to have you here with me. Hey, that's the Ramones, right? I haven't heard that in ages. Rod Hatley is coming up later in the show. He's digging it. He's here with me in the studio. You know, I'm super excited to have my next guest. He's a first-time um, caller and <clears throat> guest on the Andrea K. Show. It's Joe Messina, host of Real Side Radio, who is like everywhere. And I finally got him on my show. I'm super excited to have you, Joe. Welcome to the Andrea K. Show. Well, thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Okay. Well, um, I one of the reasons why I wanted you on was because today in particular is because I read a great blog post that you wrote about the San Francisco treat that is Colin Kaepernick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that highly oppressed young black man. I, I understand. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, you know, it, it's really funny. I usually don't write about this stuff. I, it, seriously, I, you know, I let them blow themselves up or burn themselves out. But, you know, I was... Nice I was reference there. to his Giotti ties now, by the way. But anyway, go on. <laughs> <laughs> I was sitting there thinking about this this weekend. I, I write the bigger pieces once a week, and I'm thinking to myself... You know, I'm tired of hearing about how we oppress the blacks or, or other groups, right? And, right? and here in this country, where opportunities abound, I mean, I, I know people that came out of the, what we used to call, I, I know this is not uh, politically correct, but we used to call it the ghetto. Remember, you know, the projects on the East Coast and that kind of stuff. I know many of those guys who worked their way out of there and then brought their family <clears throat> you know, with them after a period of time. Right. You Good times. Wasn't that. that the show when I was a kid in the, in the 70s? Good times. So, I mean, it was all about working hard, you know? Yeah. Who, yeah. Who was the guy who wrote uh, Norman Lear? Remember? Yes. All those sitcoms. Here's an old white Jewish guy writing sitcoms about black life and black families. Right. And and making it, coming up and out and making, remember the Jefferson? Oh, yeah. <laughs> All those great shows uh, of, of coming out and making it. So here's a young man who, uh, you know, very, very oppressed young man, obviously. Mm-hmm. And, and I wrote in the piece, and I mean it sincerely. I hope people didn't take it the wrong way. His mother had the heart to put him up for adoption because, you know, that's not politically correct either now. Abortion is politically, is, uh, is the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. And adoption, who would give away their baby, right? I mean, give me a break. So, so thank God she, she did. She put him up for adoption, and a white family adopted him. 
think about that, okay? Mm-hmm. Not because they felt bad for him, but because they loved his little child, and they wanted to give his little child an opportunity to succeed. So what happens? He gets to go to school, uh, and, and mind you, school with walls, probably with air conditioning, you know, and, and good, clean books. Mm-hmm. I'm sure they gave him papers and pencils, everything that he needed. He didn't scratch out his homework on a piece of bark, right? I mean, there are, you want to talk about oppression, you want to talk about other countries uh, that don't afford this kind of – not only do they not afford this kind of education – they pretty much don't afford much of an education at all. Mm-hmm. If anything, these kids can barely read when they come out of some of these countries. Right. Well, yeah, I mean, and, and you know, he didn't have to worry about choice. He didn't have to worry about, the you know, the fact that Barack Obama came into office and removed choice and vouchers uh, from kids in the inner city. I mean, this guy, he had a golden, he he had a golden here in the golden state. So, so what, how did he end up being such a tool? Well, because it's pounded on them. Think about this. It doesn't matter what's going on. How <laughs> how low does your IQ have to be that you're making 16 to 19 million dollars a year and you consider yourself oppressed? That you're in a you're, you're in a group, you're in a club mm-hmm. that is 72 percent black. All right, right. Where, where's Al Sharpton when you need him? You know, the humanity behind all of this, right? And the NBA, another club, 75% black. Mm -hmm. I mean, very very oppressed. Think about the money. Even at the low end, these guys make a million bucks a year. It's so So, stupid. Yeah, it's so stupid that it almost got me thinking, since he's so crappy on the field, that maybe this was some kind of strategy. Maybe he's got, like, some really sharp attorney in the background who's like, hey, dude, you about to get cut, and you ain't got no guarantee in your contract. So maybe you lay this out, and they're going to think twice about giving you the boot. Especially now, you, you know, I mean, I'm being facetious, but I mean, it's almost that dumb to me. I mean, you have to, when you hear somebody spouting off stuff like this that is so without any reality. Yeah, but it's the perfect time for it, isn't it? With Black Lives Matter and all this racist, racist stuff running around the country. I mean, seriously, listen, we've got, here's where we got to the point in my mind. When, if 15 years ago somebody called me a racist or somebody called me a bigot because of something I said or did, I would take pause, wouldn't you? What did I say? What did I do? I don't want to come off that way. Right, especially since I grew up in the South. I mean, that's a real serious accusation where I come right, from. So, so, so here's the deal. Now they say it, it means nothing. They right. made those words of no effect, and it's mm-hmm. their fault. So, um, right. We're it, t- it, it, th- this is a bad place to be. Absolutely sad place to be, um, but I'm glad you're here. I'm, this is the Andrew K. Show, and I'm talking to Joe Messina. Um, in terms of, you know, we talked about Black Lives Matter. Um, you know, it's come to light now, of course, you know, you know, it's kind of like Kizra Khan, you know, he comes out at the DNC, he's a hero, you know, for about five minutes until people started digging into the situation and finding out the truth. Now we find out uh, that Cap's fiance is a Black Lives Matter activist. um, And he has converted to the um, non-oppressive, what everybody knows is the ideology of freedom and individual thought and expression, right? That is Islam. And, you know, then he decides, you know, which is so talk about talk about dumb. OK, he, he comes to the microphone to lecture everybody on the oppression of the U.S. government wearing a Castro shirt. <laughs> right. This morning. That was perfect. <laughs> yeah. Proof positive that they have no clue. They have they have no idea. And I'm going to tell you what you may not like this. This is our fault. Okay, yes. You conservatives who sit around and you scream about the education system and you scream about the things that our kids are learning. Where are you? Because you're not in the schools, 
and you're not in the, and you're not in the higher uh, you know facilities for learning. You're not in the universities. Mm-hmm. Open your mouth. Take them over. Take them back, and stop complaining about it. Do something about it. Absolutely. In fact, you know, even though you know, I've I've kind of. Mark Levin's kind of fallen out of favor with me with some of his stuff in, in recent times. And I don't know where you stand on the Never Trump thing. Um, I actually kind of considered for many years myself a, a Mark Levin conservative because I read his book, Liberty and Tyranny. And he said in there what you just said, that the conservatives and the Republican Party had abdicated, given over the media yep. and the education system. And he called upon good people to get involved. And that's when I started doing a radio show. And, you know, when I was really a corporate salesperson, because I felt like, you know, I, I'm just me only got one voice but if i can you know if, if i can move the ball just a little bit yep. um and, and even then i'm moving it better than than kaepernick but what i also think that it, it what this has proven this thing with kaepernick is the partnership between marxism and islam and that's i've been connecting those dots for a few years joe and people have said to me because people were scratching their head well how why why did obama he's got the muslim brotherhood on the front row of his cairo speech and he's given them front row you know access uh, open door access without without security checks to the white house you know but that doesn't mean he's a muslim and i said no it's not about whether or not he's a muslim i don't care if he isn't what this is about is about ideology and marxism and sharia are not um, antithetical of, uh, of each other. In fact, what do they have in common? Centralized government power. They are both tyrannical ideological systems. And so they are in partnership together. That's why Obama has partnered with them. That's why you got Maxine Waters at a mosque here in Orange County saying only a bigot would vote against Sharia. And, and why the left, it, and why you've got Hillary having the father of the Orlando terrorist Behind her at a rally because well, no, no, no. she she didn't know he was there, <laughs> <laughs> right? I mean, it falls right along with their mantra. Look at here's again. I'm just this has been my mantra all year long, is that it's our fault. So let's stop complaining. Let's take it back. You know, I'm 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 a never Hillary. How do you like that? Okay, I'm a ne- we we have what we have, and we need we need to vote our person in. I'm I'm I am livid at the conservatives in the Republican Party. I'm still a registered Republican for the moment, okay? But I'm livid. You screamed for years that our voices weren't being heard. You screamed for years that you wanted the will of the people done. Well, whether you like it or not, the will of the people is Donald Trump, yep. right? Just deal with it. Now get behind it and help the man instead of doing everything you can to try to hurt the man. Raising money, a conservative Republican who raises money to oust Trump and Hillary gets in, it's your fault. You need to wear the badge of shame. Yeah, Everything that comes down from there, you're going to have what? <clears throat> Would you say that she's conservatively going to pick at least four Supreme Court justices, mm-hmm. right? That man has already put on a list of, what, 12 or 13 justices he would put on? We know what – everyone says, well, you don't know what Trump's going to do. Right, but I know what Hillary will do. I know exactly – I can write the book now and so what she's going to do. And I don't want any part of it. Right. When it comes to Supreme Court justices, uh, we don't always get it right, including Reagan and Bush in terms of appointees. Sure. But you know what? The left always does for them. They always get it right for them with their progressives, and we can count on that. Even <clears throat> and like this whole dust-up, the amnesty dawn, and that whole situation going on right yeah. now, I say, look – Look, I'm going to say what my friend Zach said here on my show, you know, a year and a half ago. If all he did was seal the border and nothing else, that's more than what Hillary will do. I find out today, I find out today, Joe, that uh, are you based in Texas? 
No, no, I'm in I'm in the belly of the beast. I'm out in California. Oh, okay, because I, I was going to bust you all, y'all in Texas because supposedly there's some Ted Cruz supporters that are buying up, doing ad buys everywhere against Trump, and and yep. that you, you might they might as well be be running Hillary ads. They might as well go and put on a Hillary shirt and say I'm with her because that's who that's who that they're with. And what is going on? What is she for? She's not just for an open border down in Mexico and along you know along you know Texas. She is for bringing in six hundred thousand Syrian yep. refugees. Refugees. Ten thousand. The, the last of the ten thousand arrived uh, yesterday. Here's some numbers that come out of <clears throat> uh, nonpartisan think tanks. You've probably heard these numbers. It will cost us one hundred and thirty thousand dollars per year per refugee. Do the math. Just for these ten thousand, that's one hundred and thirty million. And we've had these refugee programs now from these countries going on back to the Bush administration. And they know that that uh, they come here with no better than a 10th grade education. Susan Rice yeah. said that herself. They will be heavily reliant on, quote, assistance programs. My people down in Louisiana, Joe, don't have homes right now. How about how about this? Let's just really let's simplify this. I'll, we can leave the ten thousand out. How about we house twenty five hundred vets, homeless vets? How about that? We, yes. I'll even save you some money here. Okay. I mean, the the fact that they want to bring in that many refugees and there's no real solid plan on the table to take care of our vets shows you really where their mindset's at. They hate this country. They don't see any value to this country. You, know, you, you started down this road earlier, Mr. Obama. He wants to rip this country into a fourth, fourth world nation. Okay, that's that's his mindset because we don't deserve to be where we're at. If he can weaken us to the point where the other, and he's getting there. I mean, mm-hmm. if she gets in, we will be there. I mean, think about this: we have our old allies turning to Russia for help, Russia for security, Russia for money. Do you know what that does to the Middle East? Do you know what that does to Europe? Yeah, it's, it's, it, but it's to me, it, 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 it's a two-pronged approach. I mean, I do think he wants to transform us into, you know, a fourth world nation, as you call it. Um, and the way to do that is really, they're not just bringing these refugees here because they hate us. It's about amassing power. It's the way for them to transform us. I had Tom Debacar on earlier, and he says that he doesn't believe um, that we will become in four years of Hillary a, you know, permanent, national permanent voting block. But I think we're almost there. I really do. I, I have to disagree with Tom there. The more that they can flood us with people that are relying on government programs that the Democrat Party supports, um, just like um, just like the majority of Hispanics coming across the border. When people come here without an education, without any skills, and out without any way to compete, they, they add to the dependency class. Five years later, 60-something percent of refugees brought here are still on entitlement. And, you know, basically, with fellow taxpayers are paying to support them. It's breaking our backs economically, and it's, and it's adding to the power base of the Democrats. Final thoughts? Well, that's, that's, that's the number you know about. When well, you can't find, look, this government wants to trust us with refugees. They can't find 92% of the people that have come over the border in the last two years that have, have supposed to have gone back to, uh, you know, court for the immigration status. We're going to trust them with the refugees. We, we are in a world of hurt in this country. And if the conservatives don't get off the couch and take it back, mm-hmm. you get what you deserve. It's that's really right. that simple. How can people hear you and find out more about you and read your great blog post? <laughs> Thank you. If you head over to therealside.com, stations, times, the blogs are there. Our writers are there. We just have a good time up on the website. I've had a ball. Thanks for having me on. Well, thanks for being here. I appreciate it, Joe. Hope you come back soon. Thank you. All right. I will. Okay, we are going to take another break, but just a real quick, little skinny little break, and I'll be back. This is the Andrea K. Show. Stay tuned.
Andrea K on Twitter at Andrea K Show and follow her on Facebook and like her fan page at Andrea K, spelled K A Y E. Hi, my name is Kalyan Pokola, and I'm the owner and founder of Pokola Law. My law firm separates itself from the pack by catering exclusively to small business owners and providing them with that personal touch that they deserve. When you call me, you get me, not an associate or a secretary, just me. From incorporating your business to drafting contracts, helping you bring on a partner or two, trademarking and copywriting your work, and even litigation if it's absolutely necessary to protect your business's interests, Pokola Law can be your one-stop shop for all of your small business's legal needs. Schedule your initial consultation today and mention that you heard me on AM 1170, and I'll credit our first meeting toward any legal work we've discussed. You can reach me by phone at 844-695-1487 or at pokalalaw.com. P-O-K-A-L-A law.com. The information contained herein is for information purposes only and should not be misconstrued as legal advice on any subject matter and does not create an attorney-client relationship. For your consultation, call 844-695-1487 or visit pokalalaw.com. You're listening to The Andrea K Show on AM 1170, The Answer. Welcome back to the Andrea K Show. Glad to have you all here with me. Thank you, Polly, for playing up that Beatles song. You know, I never consider myself growing up a big Beatles fan. I've always been about a smooth groove. But they made some good tunes. You know, as I get older, like... There, there's certain songs I'm like that's a good song it's like oh wait that's the Beatles like, I'm, I'm actually I am a Beatles fan like I, I didn't realize in growing up but yeah that, that was a good band yeah and I was just on, on the break I was talking to my next guest Rod Hatley from the Hatley Law Group and you had an interesting stat for me on the Beatles right yeah it was uh, actually last night Tuesday uh, last night was Monday the 29th of August 1966 so 50 years ago last night was the last time the Beatles played a live performance for a paying audience up at Candlestick Park in San Francisco. That ended uh, their touring days completely. They never played again in live except for a rooftop concert back in uh, January of 69 that was filmed for the uh, Let It Be uh, movie. But wow. uh, yeah, but that was it. Well, wow. how many of are even still alive? Is it just Paul McCartney at this point? Uh, it's, it's Ringo. Ringo. Yeah. Oh, Ringo's Paul, Paul still Ringo's still alive, yeah. Yeah. Um, interesting. Interesting thing, when they broke up, uh, Apollo 13 was in, on the way between the Earth and the Moon. Wow. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. And where was Yoko at this point? <laughs> well, she was with John. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of death, nice way to segue into this next segment. This is my segment that I, you know, most of the show I give you guys my opinion. And I wanted to start giving you guys information you could actually use in your lives. And there's there's been a topic that's kind of, for some reason, just, just really touched my heart that I really wanted to start providing information to you guys on. And I think it's because it's had such an impact on the lives of people that I know. And it involves estate planning and death. Nobody likes to talk about death. It's not fun. I think that's one of the reasons why people don't think about estate planning and they just don't, they don't handle that business. And and then you it's almost like, you know what it's kind of like, Rod? It's kind of like you don't think that you need to take the Dramamine before you go on the boat. <laughs> of course. And then you get out there and you're so sick from sick. I've never had seasickness. I've mm-hmm. heard it's the worst thing in the world. That's why I take my Dramamine. To sure. me, that's kind of what estate planning is. You don't want to find yourself on the boat not having taken the Dramamine uh, because course. it's pretty miserable, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, and, and the reason, I mean, uh, a little secret for all the listeners out there, talking about death and dying doesn't make it happen any sooner. <laughs> Yay! So, you know, uh, but to be responsible, especially if you have loved ones, if you've got a spouse, you may have children, people you care about, 
Uh, it, it's a valuable conversation to have, and more important, to actually take action, get something in place, uh, because we all know we're going to pass away at some point, and we hope it's many, many years in the future. But the reality is, what if something, I'll pick on myself, what if I'm driving home tonight and I get into a really bad car wreck and now I'm incapacitated mentally? Um, if Now, so that you know, and in the interest of full disclosure, I have done my own planning, uh, <laughs> but um, if something like that happened to me, then I have it laid out, people I would want to take care of me, take care of my assets. Otherwise, I would have to go through what's called a conservatorship. And basically, that's a guardianship for a grown person. And so some third person puts me in front of the probate court judge downtown and says, Your Honor, this is Rod. He's incompetent now to manage his affairs. Please appoint me mm. to take care of him. And, uh, oh, by the way, uh, the conservator uh, gets to respond or report to the court every two years. How am I doing? How are they mm -hmm. spending my money? That sort of thing. And we sometimes call that a living probate because I'm alive, though I'm not well, and I'm subject to the probate court's jurisdiction. And probate is bad because it takes time, it costs money, and it's a matter of public record. All of that can be avoided by doing the proper planning ahead of time. But people think of estate planning as though that that's only something that you need if you're uber wealthy. No, not true at all. In fact, uh, uh, if, if you own a home, let's say here in California, you need a living trust because the idea is that's an asset. And for many people, uh, that may be one of the largest assets they have. Even if you've got a dollar of equity in it, that's going to go through probate, okay? So what I always encourage folks to do is to get out ahead of this, have, uh, have a proper estate plan. Now, if they don't own real property, maybe they have uh, kids. Well, you want to nominate guardians and people to take care of your kids, raise them with your values, et cetera. Uh, but if you own real property, you really ought to have a living trust, put the home into the trust, and then that way it'll avoid probate. And probate, again, takes time. It costs money. It's a matter of public record. And the statutory probate attorney's fees can uh, skyrocket pretty quickly. Mm -hmm. So it's valuable to uh, get this plan done ahead of time. That way, you know, when the unthinkable happens, uh, you know, it's not a problem for the family. Uh, just so I can give you a little bit of my background, uh, how I got into this. Now, I'm former Navy JAG. So if you ever saw the movie A Few Good Men oh, yeah. years ago, that's what I used to do. Um, and I enjoyed trial work. It was a lot of fun, but it's very stressful. And the, the frustration I had was I was always acting in a reactive mode. A mm -hmm. sailor or a Marine would show up on my doorstep. I'd take a look at the NCIS investigation report, and I'd say, okay, well, here's what we got. Here's what we can do. Um, and so I was always in a reactive mode. I didn't really get a chance to do anything, you know, that I felt was, you know, sometimes, you know, you can't make a silk purse out of a sow's ear. You just, you have what you yeah. have, and, right. you know, the, the client's uh, career is over, and you're trying to limit right. the damage. So uh, with estate planning, uh, I actually get to be proactive. And part of this, uh, I like to say that I didn't so much find estate planning as it found me because uh, I had a family member who passed away, um, had a simple will, at least I had a will, mm -hmm. but had a simple will and a sizable estate. Bottom line is it took seven years oh. to get through probate. And that's not what um, the decedent wanted, but because you know there were health issues and at that point they just weren't able to make um, you know, they were making uh, emotional rather than intel intelligent decisions or rational decisions. So um, I always suggest, look, get out ahead of this while you can. Mm -hmm. And it's the best feeling because, you know, if something does happen, you know, why do you buy insurance, life insurance, uh, car insurance, uh, uh, fire insurance? You know, you may never need it, but you have it, right? Right. So the idea is, you know, have this kind of insurance for yourself, for your family, for the people who depend on you so that, you know, when... Whatever happens, if you're incapacitated mentally or someday when you're gone forever, 
you've got a set of instructions, what you want to have happen uh, when you're gone or when you're unable to act for yourself anymore. Right. It's it's like step two. Step one is to get the insurance and step two, you do that because you want to take, that's why anybody gets insurance because they want to make sure that their family's taken care of sure. in the event that they pass. Then you've got to take it to the next step and deal with the assets that you've got and make sure that you've got that lined up and good to go as well as prepare for your own conservatorship if you find yourself incapacitated. Sure. Yeah. How do people get a hold of you? Um, very simple. Uh, my, my phone number is 858 858- Seven nine two three four four four, or you can just shoot me an email to rod at hatleylawgroup dot com. Eight five eight seven nine two thirty four forty four or rod at hatleylawgroup.com. And I'm assuming that everything is customized, so people really yeah. need to contact you and and um, sit down with you and share their entire particular yeah. circumstances, and then you can craft something that's that's particular for them. Yeah, I, I really, I mean, and you know, it's a, it's a practice philosophy. There are some attorneys that use a one size fits all trust and. You know, that's fine. Uh, I, I don't like to do that. I like to customize what I've got. I, I, when I sit down with a client, and all my meetings are complimentary, so you don't pay to sit down with me. I'm happy to meet with you one on one. And I always uh, tell clients, look, look here, here's the deal that you know I want to strike with you. You tell me, you teach me about your family because you're the expert on your family. I want to know your hopes, fears, dreams, and aspirations. I'm the expert on the law, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to teach you about the law. So you teach me about your family, I'll teach you about the law, and together we should be able to craft a plan that'll take care of you, whether you're incapacitated or someday when you're gone, that'll meet you, you know, that'll satisfy and take care of whatever's in your heart of hearts. All right. Your phone number again? Uh, area code 858-792-3444. 858-792-3444, Hatley Law Group. Oh, thanks for being here, Rod. I appreciate it. My pleasure. All right. Now, um, in the time that we have left, Polly, do we have time for a little San Diego Chargers update? Yes, I can. Uh, Joey Bosa, finally, 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 after months and months of mm-hmm. you know back and forth between the Chargers and Joey Bosa's camp and uh, the media, Joey Bosa has finally signed, so he's in Chargers camp. He is a San Diego Charger for the next four years. Uh, now, how did now how did this come to pass? Would, would, he's Mama's boy's Bosa. Did Mama did Mama come and pull this uh, deal together? What happened? Uh, I really have no idea. Um, it just it finally they the Chargers pulled their best deal, quote unquote, off the table, and then all of a sudden they they were starting to talk again. So mm-hmm. uh, a deal was done. Joey Bosa's in camp uh, in. You know, everybody wanted to like talk about, oh, you know, they, they're guaranteeing this, we want this, and now all of a sudden, like the deal is done, and nobody wants to like talk about details anymore. Right. Well, that tells. Uh, so that, it, it, it was it yeah. was a compromise. Somebody, and, yeah, there had to have been a compromise because neither one of them's bragging. Yeah. Right. Whenever, exactly. When you've got lack of bragging, I think both both sides gave in, and you know what, I'm okay with that. And, which is fine, but with what I'm saying, with what I'm seeing so far, Joey Bosi got paid. Oh, okay. He well, got paid very, very well. Well, let's hope that he appreciates that a little bit more than uh, Cap appreciates what he's getting paid up there in the San Francisco treat. Uh, and, and Joey Bosa, if you're listening right now, which I know you are, you owe the San Diego Charger fans 12 sacks this year. Yeah. yeah. And and you're, you're Polly's going to be counting Bosa. <laughs> exactly. Oh, believe me, I'll be counting. And he's going to have some words for your mama if you don't make it happen. All right. Now, this is the time of the show that I give out my awards for the week, my hero of the week, and my last week's fool and this week's tool award. It was neck and neck. You know, I really think that... Um, I got a tiebreaker for the first time of the Andrea K. show. I think we got to give a tie to Anthony Weiner 
for being the, the fool of the week. But see, he's also been the fool for many months now because you know what, Huma? He has been doing the sexting stuff with other women now for a long time. And in fact, I'm not sure really who's the bigger fool or tool, if it's him or her, because she's known about this. This has been going on now. It never ceased, in fact. Uh, it was even going on while they were continuing to do a documentary together. So I think it may be a couple's fool and tool there. And then Cap, of course, the fool and the tool. He's a useful tool uh, for the Marxist and for the Castro regime with his T-shirt he had on. And he's a complete fool because he's talking about oppression from a government while he's supporting Castro, a regime that's all about tyranny and oppression. Can't, can't think of a bigger fool. My hero of the week actually is interesting, and it was a suggestion that came to me here from the radio station, and I think it really fits, and it's Donald Trump. And the reason why I'm going to give it to Donald Trump is because it's like Joe Messina said earlier on the show from, from The Real Side. He said that, you know, we can't blame, if, if you don't like the circumstances of what's going on in the government, get involved. And you know what? Donald Trump got involved. He did not have to. Worth $40 billion, he didn't have to, but he did. And on top of it, he's launching a comeback when he's being attacked from the left and from the right. So you got to give a hat tip to somebody with that kind of work ethic and that kind of heart and that kind of drive. Thanks for being with me. I'm here every Tuesday at 6 p.m. on Pacific Time. Thanks to all my guests and including Rod Hatley, the Hatley Law Group. Have a great night, everybody. Love you all. I'm TV screen. I'm